the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Tom Drew, who is a financial expert, and my special guest, who's been on the show many times because I call him Mr. Real Estate. He has um, been in real estate. You know, Alfred, I said in the beginning of the show, this man's been in real estate at least 30 years, but he doesn't look, a, I mean, he looks like a kid still, okay? <laughs> and you do. Uh, he's been in real estate his whole life. Um, there is no one who knows more about New York City, but he knows about real estate all over. His whole family is invested in real estate. And so, of course, I want to talk about New York City and what's going on there. But the next couple of shows, uh, we are going to talk about investing in real estate, like for beginners, for people who, because I really think it's a great time. And I think it's something that's pretty simple to do if you have a little cash. And I, I, I am such a believer now you know even though i know a million people got rich in the stock market uh that's really gambling and you have to but i think if you buy right uh real estate is solid and it's a good income and it's good for your retirement so with that and alfred uh runs the largest office he's a vp and tech and he he is great with everything that's technology, which is really becoming a, 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 a really strong part of the real estate business. He'll tell you a little about that. So, Alfred, I can't say anything more other than, and he's also a great friend. Uh, Alfred, give us a snapshot uh, of what's going on in the city. Okay. Thank you very much for that introduction, Dottie. Well, I meant um, every word of it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, and I, and I love working with you, and you feel more like family to me than my boss <laughs> <laughs> although family can sometimes be a boss um the real estate market in manhattan has seen has seen growth like we've never seen before and obviously as you know i work for douglas Alleman and i run the largest office in the entire uh, uh company nationwide um and i will tell you that Company-wide, we have had sales over a billion dollars monthly for the last six months. We have never had that before. Six straight months in a row in excess of $1 billion in sales volume. That and who would have guessed? Insane. Who would have guessed during the pandemic that that would happen? 
you know, it's been on the it's been on the quiet, Dottie. And what's the, what's absolutely fascinating about this, from my perspective, is that we used to be able to judge the activity and the busyness of the office by the agents in our office. If they were in the office and the phones were ringing, we knew that, and then they were running in and out. We knew that they were busy. We knew the market was hot. You go into the office, there's no one there, and and that is because technologically we have advanced. Um, our ability to work remotely completely. You can do closings remotely now. So we no longer have that barometer of people in the office to see what's going on. But we have technology because every time a sale or a contract is signed, it goes into a system. And so we're able to monitor that. And every month we're breaking a billion dollars in sales. Um, Unbelievable. I don't care what people say out there, what they think, what's on the news. It doesn't matter. People are buyers are focused. They are in Manhattan and they were gobbling up real estate, but not only in Manhattan and in Brooklyn as well and all of the suburbs. Right. I mean, there were, I mean, I have that there were 36 deals in New York City this week asking $4 million or more. Oh, there were deals that happened. And there's, there's more than that. That, that, um, that report I'm familiar with doesn't have all the transactions because it's lacking especially new development transactions oh, right, which are right. not which are not put into a system until or publicized let's say until they close so understand what that what what Alfred's saying is that's giving you just you know apartments and 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 freestanding uh, townhouses and things of nature but new development that's newly built is not counted so it is higher than that yes um yes it says now I found these, these these it says that last week twenty seven were condos and the condos um were doing pretty well also because they they are coming back and uh it says that they were combined that there was a collective of three hundred and nine ninety ninety five million dollars, a sum that's almost double the total value of twenty one luxury homes that sold the week prior. Um well, what we're seeing now, and, and when I do a comparative analysis, I'm looking at 2019. Forget 2020, it was the, the, the right. depths of the pandemic, so we, we're not comparing against that. But when I compare against 2019 on a week-to-week basis, we're seeing anywhere from a 50% to 100% increase in sales and sales volume from two years ago. And the sales are coming to us from in every different angle. Um, Manhattan used to be uh, primarily a one-bedroom market, meaning the most sales were in one-bedrooms, followed by two-bedrooms, three-bedrooms, four-bedrooms, and then studios. And that was the mix for years and years and years. Now the mix is two-bedrooms and one-bedrooms are equal. The two-bedrooms are flying off of the databases in all of our markets, east side, west side, downtown, uh, midtown, and especially co-ops, because there's incredible value in co-ops. Um, one of the one of the most hidden neighborhoods right now where a lot is turning over, but people are not familiar with it, is the Sutton Place area, Dottie. You can Oh, Sutton Place. A- and, you know, I never understood that, well, maybe because there wasn't schools, but Sutton Place 
when, you know, when everything was going really up, 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 you know, this is all before the pandemic, uh, someplace kind of was, you know, sleepy. Not, right, it was sleepy. And now it's off the wall, and that's a great location to get in and out. It's right by the, the river, it's by the parkways. So that's really gone crazy. Yeah, you can, you can, today you can find two bedrooms starting in the, in the high 700s. Wow. Well, I have that from co-ops, the average sales price increased from a million three and changed from a million one. And the median sales yeah. price increased 857 to, uh, it was 857, let's go to 2019. And now it's up to 809. And um, transactions over a million dollars increased by 40% from 35. Yeah. Yes. And under a million uh, decrease. So people are looking for more space, I see. You know, they're looking for larger apartments now. You know, it's interesting, Dottie, but it's like every every segment of the market is strong because people, you know, the living through this pandemic has allowed everyone to rethink their lives and how they want to live and where they want to live and what they want to do. And as a result, that's why people are moving, um, you know, people moving into the city, people moving out of the city, moving into the suburbs. We have people that lived in the city with big apartments, then bought houses in the suburbs and now buying smaller apartments in the city to use it for a few days a week. Um, we have people with, with uh, I, I think that the new term is co-primary or bi-primary residences, right. which means you spend like equal time in your New York City apartment and your suburban house. Right, that's I talked about that last week, Alfred. That's kind of a trend now, and I think that's here to stay. Where, you know, normally people, if they had a second home, you know, they use that as a second home. Now, they're kind of using them equally. They're using them equally. So, you know, people are spending less days in the office. They're not in the office five days a week. They're in the office maybe three or four days a week. So people still want to come into the office and, and spend that time because it is valuable to be in the office amongst, amongst your colleagues. There's value in that. But then they're also spending the time in the suburbs with families and friends. So, um, you know, people, if, if they're in a position to do so, will maintain double residences and just keep going back and forth. Um, I know I've gone back and forth between the Hamptons and New York City. And the Hamptons so is... The, same, the Hamptons has, has reached a whole new level in, in terms Please. of the marketplace. The Hamptons um, is like, I mean, you can't even get a reservation like before you can get two weeks. I mean, I've never seen it so busy. It's crazy. But as I said, you know, I, there was an article I read, and it was about New York City. I think it was in the Times. And it said that people really can't leave New York City because when you're really a New York City person... And you've lived there and you're part of that. You know, it's great to have space and pools and the ocean. But there's an energy and there's some beat. And there's something about New York City that I don't think you can replicate anywhere in the United States. So people miss that. And, you know, we saw last year when the city was pretty much, well, maybe they weren't on lockdown. But if you could eat out, you had to eat out in zero degree weather. So... We saw people in Florida. Like I was in Florida a little bit then, and I was like, "Oh, I might as well be in New York." But 
But then the people, you know, after a while, they got bored of that and they wanted to be back in the city. So I think that what's happening is it's kind of exactly what you said, a trend. Um, and, and second homes, and I, I uh, talking about investments, I really do think that across the country that's what's happening, where people are buying second homes that are drivable, like where you can drive to that second home. So, you know, like you can... You know, you can go upstate or you can get away for four days. And with, with with the trend of, which I think, and some people differ, I mean, it's my opinion, that it's never going to go back the way it was, that people will want to work in the office because there's nothing like interacting with people, but they're not going to want to do that every day. Then you can have that second home or you can live a little further away. Uh, um, I think, but I but I was just doing the predictions we're looking at this going right into 2022. I think I read, and again, when I tell everyone these are predictions, they're not, you know, in science, but it doesn't look like anything's really going to change in, in 2022 as long as the interest rates, Tom, stay low. Uh, if interest rates go up, then that might put a damper on it. But Tom, we're looking at interest rates staying pretty low for the next year. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I don't, you know, I don't think you should be concerned that uh, they'll be skyrocketing anytime soon. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, why wait? You know, if it's uh, see something that makes sense, it's now no no better time than the present to do it. Right now, Alfred, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. I know I do. And I don't have a good answer. <laughs> People say, well, Dottie, where should I buy in the city? Is there a particular part of the city that's stronger than another part? And I say, you know what? It's about the property. It's about the price that you spend. It's about the deal. And talking about deals, um, how many, you know, sales prices are really coming up. Can you still get some, some good deals in the New York City? Um, yeah, you know, answering where to buy in this, where to buy in New York City depends on so many different things. This is, are you buying as an investment property? Are you buying it for your child to live in, to go to school? And then maybe this is something you'll use yourself as a pied de terre. Are you going to be living it in yourself? How are you going to use a property? So that, that dictates a lot right there whether um, a co-op is appropriate for you or a condominium is appropriate for you. But just to answer the general question um, in terms of like, let's say I want to buy a two-bedroom apartment, where's the best value? It's still going to be, like I mentioned earlier, Sutton Place and also the Upper East Side. That's where we're, we're moving the most two bedrooms right now because of the value. You know, Third Avenue, Second Avenue, First Avenue, that that whole impression of and a value has changed ever since the Q train came in along Second Avenue. Um, it has changed. There are new developments that have gone up right on Second Avenue, and um, we have something called like the Beckford House. And it was interesting because from the brokers, many brokers' perspective, they thought, "Oh, no one's going to want to buy." that expensive property on Second Avenue in a new development. Well, there's only like about a handful of units left. They gobbled them right up because it was easy for people to easier for people to buy new construction, not have to do any work, than to yeah. buy something and do work. Um, but that's new development. So but in terms of just good good strong value, 
it's still going to be the east side in, in a co-op, a two-bedroom, two-bath, post-war co-op where you get generous-sized rooms, good closets, great light, big windows, um, and some services in the building as well. So you, when someone's not sure of where they want to live in the city, um, what do you, you know? How should they start that? That well, first they should find a great broker, okay, at Douglas Elliman, and then they should, you know, I'm not a believer of switching. Like if you're gonna, I think you have to hone in on something. So you might want to get to know an area first, and like Alfred said, it depends on your needs and your likes and. Uh, uh, where you want to be, but once you find an area that you like, then you've got to stay on top of it. It's a very competitive market, and when your broker says, I have something, you need to go there right away and see it or go online. I mean, you virtually can see something online that you don't even really have. I mean, I was saying to someone the other day, I think I spoke on a Zoom for something, and I said, well, I haven't recommended it, but I do see the day that people might not even go see properties anymore. That's how sophisticated all of the technology has gotten. Um, you know, where people yeah, can... you know, during during especially during the pandemic, Dottie, when people had to sell and people were buying real estate, um, the technology has gotten so sophisticated that you know you can easily take virtual tours through through a property and get a very good sense of the space and light and the closets and the condition and the kitchen size and counter space and we we did a number of transactions that way because um you, you couldn't many buildings were shut down you couldn't uh you know you weren't permitted to come in and show so how how do you sell if you can't physically go into space because the building won't let you in virtually and very interestingly we, we had a lot of sellers actually host the virtual tours themselves really so yeah the broker couldn't be in the space because there were no one other than residents who were allowed in the buildings and um people got very creative and the and the owners of the properties would either do live tours uh, on facetime uh, for prospective buyers or would uh, record the tours with some direction from either the photographer or from the agent and that's how we got a lot of the um, the video that we needed for posting new properties during during the pandemic. So um, I'm not sure if others did this throughout the country, but we had to be very very clever on how how to move property. And wow. uh, we've moved more property through this pandemic than we've ever done historically. It's amazing. And who would have figured, right? I mean, kind of you know, I, it's just amazing what's gone on. And who would have figured that the real estate market across the country is kind of crazy. It's off the wall. And I think maybe people have time to be in their houses and see everything wrong with them and uh, uh, say, you know what, this is a good time. And by the way, with interest rates the way they are, really there is, you have everything going for you. Now, I know prices have gone significantly up since the start of the pandemic, but let's go back to 2019. Are we still a little under? Can you still? I mean, because New York City, you know, really was never a bargain. Okay, and before the pandemic, I mean, I, I have to say, a lot of people were priced out of it. I mean, you know, a lot of people just couldn't afford it. It was just too expensive. So, is it still a little under that you can still get? Like when I say a deal, you're not going to steal anything, but 
Can you still get it? There's, there's, listen, before the the pandemic, you know, interest rates were a little bit higher, prices were a little bit higher. Most people finance when they purchase real estate. And so what they're looking at is ultimately not the the purchase price of the property, but what it's going to cost them to carry on a monthly basis. Okay, hold that thought, Alfred, because that's really key for our listeners to hear. We're coming up with a commercial break. I'd like you to finish that thought right after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. This year can be the last year you paint. Get Rhino Shielded. Rhino Shield is a ceramic coating that seals your house or building. It's sprayed on and bonds completely to wood, brick, stucco, aluminum, block, or vinyl. Paint is typically 60% water. Rhino Shield is almost 80% solids, which why it lasts so long. It dries 8 to 10 times thicker than traditional paint, offering greater protection and insulation benefits, and does not require constant repainting every 3 to 5 years. Rhino Shield comes with a 25-year warranty. Comes in any color, looks just like paint. Rhino Shield not only protects your property from the elements, but it can increase the value of your home, offering a unique transferable warranty. No payments, no interest financing for one year. Call 877-744-6608. It's 877-744-6608 for a free on-the-spot estimate. Or go to rhinoshieldofny.com. Rhino Shield. It's not paint. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different medical metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. They say that in life, expect the unexpected. No one goes into marriage anticipating divorce. But when you need help navigating the rough waters, Helfand & Associates understands that every family situation is unique. Tanya Helfand is a certified matrimonial attorney in New York and New Jersey with 29 years of experience. Tanya's expertise includes family law, which entails custody, alimony, and child support, as well as complex financial cases and much more. Helfand & Associates represents both men and women in family family law matters and settles 99% of cases but is prepared to go to trial and fight for the client call 973-428-0800 to schedule a free consultation or email tanyahelfand.com divorce is not the end of the family it's the beginning of a new hopefully happier life be sure to tune in Sunday evenings at 5 for Should I Stay or Should I Go with Tanya Helfand of Helfand and Associates only on AM 970 The Answer It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Tom Drew from Citizens and 
our special guest, Alfred Renner, who's a top VP and runs the largest real estate office um, for Douglas Elliman in the country. And I would probably tend to think in anywhere, like no matter what the what, no matter what the brand is. I mean, that's how big this office is. It's uh, unbelievable. Uh, we're in the middle, you know, Alfred, I'm going to ask you if you don't mind if you could spare a few more minutes because I'd love to get into, you know, I want to finish what you were talking about because I think it's really important. And then maybe you want to talk start to uh, talk a little about investments and you're really uh, somebody who's really not only knows everything about real estate, you and your family invest in real estate. I want to talk about why we think that's good. But let's finish your thought. You're, you were saying before the break that when you look at, a property, you shouldn't look at the price. You should look at the total payment. Correct? Yeah. What I what I was saying was that um, when people buy real estate, most of most of the people that buy our real estate are financing. They're taking out a mortgage, so it, it's not so much about the contract price as it is about what is this going to cost me on a monthly basis. Um, because you need to figure out what your budget is, you know, your monthly budget against your, your income. So people will look at that. And and today, where some some areas of the city or some of the market, the prices are a little bit less than what they once were a couple of years back, coupled with lower interest rates, and there's all kinds of sophisticated um, mortgages today. You know, you have your traditional 30-year fixed, and then you have your 10-year fixed and then it adjusts um, annually after that. It also depends all depends on what your needs are. But you can bring interest rates down on a monthly basis so that it becomes much more affordable to to buy a property and live in that property. And so that's why it's important to look at what is it going to cost me on a monthly basis. And surprisingly when people look at it that way, um, their their affordability is much greater than if they think in terms of just the sticker price of the property. Well, that's true. And I think that, um, and Tom, maybe you could speak to this. I think that, you know, for a lot of us, there, when, when, when my parents bought houses, and I'm sure they, they didn't really, they had a VA mortgage, which you had to be in the, you know, in the right. service. They had FHA, which, you know, was federal, uh, which is backed by the, the, the government and you know you have a certain amount that you can spend up to uh, which requires a lot less down and also your credit doesn't have to be quite that good and maybe one day Tom will come back or we'll talk about FHA which we don't talk about a whole lot but we should um, but there was basically a 30-year mortgage is what everyone took assuming that you're gonna now a 30-year mortgage is great but that assumes you're gonna be in the house for 30 years now, I've asked Ace, and I don't know, so this is an opinion again, guys, and you have to look at your own needs. I've asked, I think, Ace last week. I said, well, what would you recommend? Like, because the interest rates are so low, so should you stay, take a 30-year mortgage? Uh, but, Tom, if you took a 15-year mortgage or tenant, what, what are the rates compared to a 30-year mortgage? percent lower. On a uh, 15 years, so maybe you're, you know, 2875 on a 30 and 2.375 on a 15 year. Uh, but obviously, payment's going to be much higher, right? To to pay that off in 15 years. Uh, what Alfred had mentioned was, you know, a 10-1 arm or even a 7-1 arm. 
if we look at um, well, you got to tell you know, people what an arm is. <laughs> sure, yeah. So those are those they are might think it's somebody's rate. arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, adjustable rate mortgage—that's the acronym. So, uh, so we use a lot of acronyms in the mortgage business. Um, but that adjustable rate mortgage has a fixed uh, term, right? It's either you know for seven years are fixed, or the first ten years are fixed, and then the rate can adjust after that. But it is based on a thirty-year term. Uh, so if the rates are lower and it's based on a 30-year term, the payments are definitely lower than a 30-year fix. Um, and for most people, honestly, if you look at statistics, uh, most people, they only hold on to a mortgage for about seven and a half years anyway, meaning that's the actual lifespan of a, of a mortgage. You're either refinancing or you're selling or you're paying it off. And, you know, so most people finance, you know, as a 30-year fix, but reality, um, they actually only use the money for much shorter term than that. Yeah, so to Alfred's point, you really should sit down with somebody at Citizens uh, and and just look at the different options. And again, depending on your needs, because if you're not going to be in a property for 30 years, then uh, why pay that rate? Um, all the rates are cheap. Uh, but then, you you know, I know I... I think when I bought my first house, I think the rates were like 17%. I know it sounds bizarre, but they were. And there were 16 or 17%. And uh, I took a five-year or seven-year arm adjustable rate mortgage that was at 11. And I was like, oh, my God, I got an 11% mortgage. And obviously, I kept it. And then when the rates went down, I refinanced. So um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Okay, now you really need to just sit down. Now, we're talking about investing in real estate. Alfred, just a little background, besides for everything you do for Douglas Elliman and, and knowing everything about the city, you personally and your family, I mean, it's a real estate family for sure, okay? You're investing all over. You've been investing. Um, and I, I, you know, and I tell people, I mean, you can buy a two-family house. You don't. We're not talking about starting out with a skyscraper. Uh, what has been your experience, and what tips could you give some of people who are new to investing? Um, where would you start? How would you go about it? Um, what have you found? What are the things that you look at when you look at investment real estate, which is real estate that you're not going to live in, or what you might want to do is get a two or three family home and live in one of the apartments and rent out two others, you know, or something of that sort. There's a lot of different things and we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks. But what are some of the tips that you could, that you, uh, that you look at when you're buying investment real estate? Well, Dottie, I'll tell you the, the first piece of real estate that I purchased, um, which is back in the late nineties. And I'm not even sure if this type of a, uh, uh, invest um, mortgage exists, but I I was so confident back in the '90s about the Hampton market that I bought a house with 10% down, and I think at that point when you did 90% financing, you had to have you have to pay extra for insurance on the mortgage payment, so it was 90% of the purchase price of the property. And uh, I put everything I had into buying that because I felt very confident about about the property and the market. Soon after, when the the value actually started climbing, I I refinanced the property. And when I refinanced it for the same amount of dollars, 
Um, that was no longer 90% of the value of the property. It dropped to about 75% of the property. So I was able to get rid of that insurance that I had to pay. Um, and that, that's like how PMI I started. Like PMI insurance. That was, I think it's 5%, right? Tom, I think it's like you pay 5% until you, you reach the 20%. Yeah, it, it depends on uh, the down payment, the credit score, and some other factors. But, uh, you know, so each scenario will be a little different. But in that case, um, you know, with property values going up, it, it makes sense to pay it to get into the house sooner than waiting. Right. So, so, so that was your first I, property, Alfred? That was the first property, and I, I took advantage of that. And um, another another key aspect for people is if – you have the ability to do work yourself on a property. That's a big, big um, advantage in today's market. Uh, There are, there's so much construction going on and renovations going on that it's actually hard to find trade people and it's expensive. So therefore new properties or recently renovated properties are selling for a premium because nobody wants to do work. Um, and I don't know if you realize this, but it's even difficult to get kitchen appliances today. So if you are handy and you can do the work yourself, and many people are, that's going to be a big advantage. You can save a lot of money and then add a lot of value to the property. So if it's something you want to buy and flip, um, the, the big, big advantage is doing the work yourself if you can, or you can self-contract. So that may okay. be buying a little house or something. But I just want to alert people. Now, if you're buying a residential home in the suburbs, so be it. But if you uh, are planning to buy a apartment in the city that could, and I, I agree with Alfred, that you can kind of fix it up and you can do a lot of the work yourself, or maybe it's cosmetics, and, you know, maybe it needs a good paint job and it needs the rugs to be pulled out and the floors. Um you have to look at the, if it's a, a co-op or condo, you do have to look at, because I, I know someone who said, oh, I, I, actually, it was not even the city. Somebody bought something in the Hamptons, a friend of mine, uh, in Sag Harbor. So it was a condo. They were old, but they were a good price. They were on the water. They were kind of like not done. And then she found out that she couldn't do work in the summer. So mm. Alfred... Do you have to know, like, the building, what when they allow you to work? Because you can't work all night. Like, you, it's for sure, you know what I'm saying? There's certain hours you can work from. No, in in, uh, in, in New York City, in, in any apartment building, for that matter, whether it's a co-op or a condominium, there are rules. And the rules are very strict in terms of doing any kind of work or having trade people come in. There's limited hours. You have to have certain um, uh, certificates of insurance. You can't do work on the weekend. So if you're a, a weekend warrior type of person where you want to do it yourself yeah. project, apartments are not the right property for you. You're right. We're going to talk about that. that because right after the break, different strokes for different folks. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. 
To mark 20 years, Tunnel to Towers is gifting America's heroes and their families with 200 mortgage-free homes. To honor the fallen, Chairman and CEO Frank Siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days. From the Pentagon to Shanksville, culminating at Ground Zero on 9-11. Towers of Light return to the Pentagon and Shanksville Memorials in remembrance. For the first time, those we lost to 9-11 related illness are being honored at a ceremony September 12th. On Veterans Day, another first. The soldiers we lost in the war on terror are having their names read aloud. The words never forget require action. Do good, please, and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. T2T.org. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. You know, ever since I started taking it, I've really noticed a change in just how I feel. I feel really great all the time. Uh, You know how sometimes in the afternoon when you've been working, you just kind of feel drained or whatnot? Well, with taking the balance of nature, I don't feel that way. I feel like I have energy all day long. It's it's just great. It's a great product. And you guys have been great every time I've called. I mean, you guys are just wonderful. And uh, I'm just so thankful that... I found your product, and I'm thankful that I have it because, you know, I'll, I'll take it from now on because it just it makes me feel so great. It really does. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code THEANSWER. This is Dennis Prager along with Mike Gallagher. We both are excited to return to the Holy Land this fall. Join us for a life-changing experience. Israel is opening up to travelers as the country gets back to normal. Dennis and I have planned out every minute of this trip in detail with Salem Media Group and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We're confident by October our trip will be safe and our team is on hand to answer all your questions about deposits, health and safety, and more. Call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. I'm uh, back. We're back to the last, the time flies, the last part of uh, the last for today. Uh, We'll be continuing the subject of investment and real estate investing when you want to buy it as an investment. And there's a lot of, you know, this subject is complex. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. Uh, But I'm going to start out today by telling you that we're going to do it for beginners, uh, for people who have never done it before. Um, And and one of the first things that I think Alfred was talking about before the break was that, you know, if you're buying a residential home, obviously you have to be, you know, you have to be thoughtful of your neighbors. You don't want to be banging and soaring and making noise at midnight. 
um, unless you have very nice neighbors, uh, okay, or they're insomniacs like me and they're up anyway. Um, but in the city, if you're buying an apartment to, and you want to fix it or renovate it, you need to, before you do that, just check with the building and check the rules because just happened to my friend um, who bought something in Sag Harbor. As I was saying, it's, it's a, you know, a good deal. It was properties in Sag Harbor that kind of were like a hidden secret. They were not really renovated, so they didn't look that great on the outside, but they were on the water. They were in a great location. You could walk to the village. Um, and she didn't realize that that you can't renovate during the summer. It was one of the law, the bylaws, and there was a lot of renovation to do. And she was like, "Well, forget it then. I, I, I can't, I can't be in the, in, I can't be in it in the summer. Then I don't want it." Because uh, so, hers really had to be gutted. So check and make sure uh, when you're dealing with uh, something other than a free freestanding residential home that you check what the rules are of renovating, when you can do it. And we're not talking about, like, painting or stuff that doesn't make any noise. But, um, Alfred, so you were talking, and I don't, I want you to come back, because there's so much to talk about, but let's talk about why you should be an investment, why I think, and again, not for everyone, but my opinion, but uh, well, let me see why you should be an investment real estate, and it's how you could, how a beginner can jump in it. Well, first of all, just so you know, real estate has been making people rich for years. Okay? If I would have bought, and Alfred, I think you would probably agree with me. Oh. If I would have bought mm. half of the, if I would have bought half of the overpriced, way overpriced things that were on the market in my, I bought everything that was overpriced in the, in the time I, I would be a trillionaire. Okay? Because. Yes. Okay, values go up. Now you have to look and you have to look at areas and you work with a broker and see what comparable values are. But remember something. Okay, yeah. if you buy right, okay, and it's not a guarantee, but the people that get hurt really are not people that buy wrong. It's if you buy a property, let's say you buy it, um, and that's what happened in 2007, 2008. People bought, as Tom said, they bought leverage. They didn't put any money down. You know, they had stated income. Oh, just tell us how much you make. We're not even going to check. Oh, you say you make a million dollars? Great. You got a mortgage. So people who weren't qualified got mortgages. They had no equity in the house. And if you have to sell it at the wrong time is when you get hurt. If you, you know, if you, anybody that bought a property before 2007 I and held it, made plenty of money, but it was the people that bought it like in 2006 at the height of the market, 2007, and the market dropped. And those people who couldn't hold on to it and had to sell it then, they got hurt. Or people that took so much equity out of their house. You know, there was a, a time when everybody was pulling everything out of their house. Now, it's fine to pull equity out of your house because that's dead money, but not, you know, you don't want to end up having a house that has nothing left in it. Um, but normally if you hold things, you don't really get hurt unless you bought wrong. I mean, what is your idea on that? I mean, uh... Well, there, Dottie, there are two important things when you are buying an investment property. One, one is, are you buying it to flip 
and there's there there are ways to look at that type of a property and when you are looking to buy something to flip then you've got to look at the market of that neighborhood for what are properties selling at or comparable properties selling for once the house is finished and then you've got to add up the cost to purchase and the cost to renovate and then you have to have a margin of profitability what's typical like in the hamptons for example is for a developer they they break it into three parts one third is the pro is the purchase price of the property one third is the is the cost of construction and one third is the profit margin so you have to leave room for that profit margin to kind of go up and down so you can't over invest that's number one that's on flipping when you're buying an investment property and you're going to hold on to it long term um, you've got to look at the rentability of that property right. so you want to calculate what it's going to cost you to purchase to renovate and then once you what is your monthly cost on that and then you want to look at what is the desirability of that particular area and what are the rents going for and you want to see you want to go on you go on go online as a as a tenant looking for properties to rent so you can get that perspective and if there's very few properties or if you're noticing that they move very quickly, then you're in an area that that um, properties are renting quickly. And there's a, a big trend sweeping the United States right now where um, huge funds are purchasing up lots and lots and lots of rental houses, oh, especially, I see that. especially houses in areas with good school districts. Um, there are a lot of people that choose not to purchase or they can't purchase, but they want to have their children in a better school district. And these houses are renting um, a, very easily. So that's a, that's another way to look at, is this a desirable property to own as a long-term right. investment? And you can, um, and you can, at Douglas Elliman, we have all the market reports. You can get the rentals. You can get all that information. And I'm just going to give you, this is my personal advice. It doesn't mean it's good for everyone. Um, and of course, but if I, you know, I think if you can find a house that needs work, let's say the people didn't do anything since the 1980s. So it's got an old kitchen. It's, you know, but it structurally is not bad. Okay. In other words, maybe it needs a new roof, but structurally it's, it's pretty solid. Um, and it needs to be renovated. And let's say the lawn is ugly. Um, I w and, and if you can find, and there are, again, like I am a believer of, the, I w I've been saying the Hampton Bays to go there and buy an investment house for five years, except like a fool, I talked about it, but I didn't do it. Um, but if you can find some, in, in some areas, there's little cottages uh, in, in resort areas that are little cottages that nobody renovated. You can find a small house or something where the market, the homes are higher. Like if you look around, you'll see areas all over where like 50% of the people renovated their homes and then you've got some of the people that are original homes. But that shows you that people are putting money in the area. And what happens is as an area starts to transform, the new buyers fix it and they put money in use and that's a good sign. Uh, and then look at the rental property and I think that uh, real estate as an investment 
should appreciate, but again, don't look to get rich. I mean, I mean, it's not, I don't know that unless you get an extremely great deal, it's not a deal that somebody could just take it and flip the contract and, and, and make millions of dollars. Uh, you you know, you got to, but you can make a lot of money fairly quickly if it's cosmetics because people, as Alfred said, uh, the, the baby boomers, our generation, we were willing to put some elbow grease in things and fix them up and, you know, say, well, we'll do that kitchen two years from now. We'll do the bedroom now. We'll, the, the, the millennials aren't like that. They want it done. So if you have a home that you can purchase and cosmetically it needs to be redone. I mean, you can really redo a house to look pretty, like uh, with not that much money. You could go to Home Depot and get ni nice cabinets. A lot of the spec homes that I bought, my first house in the Hamptons was a spec home. It was brand new. I fell in love with it. Were, the, were they the best appliances? No. They were, were they the best uh, upgrades? No, but it was brand new. And so I fell in love with it. And I certainly did make a good investment. So I think that's those are places to look for. Uh, and I think you're going to see areas that are uh, where people would buy second homes. And I don't think, and I'm just telling you, I think that second homes are going to become a norm. They were originally like, oh, you have a second home, you must be rich. I think now, I think, Alfred, you said it in the beginning of the show. I think that people are going to want to, if they can, have two. So maybe they'll have a smaller apartment in the city or maybe they'll have a big apartment in the city and a small little place just to hang their hat to be able to stay in a resort area. like to stay. Okay, I think those are great investments to look at. We only have a minute left. Alfred, you have to come back on and Tom also. Um, and uh, we'll have to make a date for dinner. I will be back next week. And we're going to continue talking about the ABCs of investment properties for beginners. Have a great weekend. It looks like it's going to be a nice one again. Stay healthy. Thanks, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. And Bye. tell everyone, tell your friends that you love and you love what you love them. Okay, we'll be back. We love you. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.